0: Alex Brown narrates each mini-podcast to bring to your ears what you see with your eyes in my twice-a-week blogs. And now, today's episode of Ramsey Writes.
1: Books about big things. Written by Bob Ramsey. Hostage books take up a tiny speck in the vast universe of books published each year. The stories themselves may be harrowing, but their half-lives are short as the news cycle moves on and another terror grips our gaze. That said, Canadians seem to be punching above our weight, mainly because our hostages are mainly from the media, like Amanda Lindhout, or they're diplomats like Robert Fowler. But maybe it's also because we're Canadians. We travel internationally much more than Americans do, 63% versus 40%. And we think our Canadian passport somehow protects us From being scooped up on the street. Not anymore. Now that Michael Kovrig and Michael Spavor are safely in the arms of their families, we can face the reality that China's strategy of taking hostages to solve their problems with other countries seems to have worked. The next time some country opposes them on a legal issue, they can just bundle up a couple of its citizens on the streets of Beijing and wait. So, while millions of North Americans will think twice about visiting China anytime soon, and especially five months from now when Beijing hosts the 2022 Winter Olympics, watch out, Team Canada. Enough foreigners will always find reasons to go there to make kidnapping them like shooting fish in a barrel. But back to hostage books. It's clear the two Michaels will be asked to write the story of their hellish 1,000 plus days in a Chinese prison this is a story only they can tell but it shouldn't be the only story that's told by them michael kovrig is a consultant to the international crisis group specializing in china he was a canadian diplomat for 10 years in beijing hong kong and at the un in new york he speaks mandarin fluently michael spavor is one of the world's top specialists in north korea he is director of the peak cultural exchange which promotes investment and tourism in North Korea. He speaks Korean as well as the North Korean dialect. So these aren't Canadians lacking in expertise or views on either of the world's two most bellicose nations. When they do decide to talk about their experiences and their views on the issues beyond their own, I, for one, will be listening. We're also not talking about the China or North Korea of a decade ago, which were largely viewed as over there, with little effect on Canadians' lives, let alone the lives of people outside Asia. But now, China is dominating the foreign policy agendas of America, Russia, Britain and France, as well as regional players like Australia. China may well overtake the U.S. as the world's biggest economy by 2028. Another aspect of our relationship with China is how hard it will be to pick up the pieces – While Justin Trudeau's father had a special relationship with what is now Canada's second largest trading partner after the US, and ahead of the UK and Japan, I'm not sure today's Trudeau is tough enough to go toe-to-toe with them, nor supple enough to charm them. But there's another issue for Canadians that makes it harder for us to just forget about the two Michaels and move on with China. That is Canada's history of dealing with anyone who's not white. Well, in 1885, the Canadian Parliament passed the Chinese Immigration Act, which placed a head tax that was so onerous, it effectively banned Chinese people from coming to Canada. This original act was updated in 1887, 1922, and 1933, and was finally repealed only in 1947. During this time, tens of thousands of Indigenous and Inuit children were being cleansed of their identities in residential schools. It's the same impulse. If you're not white, you're not human. But let's go back even further to the opium wars, when China, in the mid-19th century, rose up against Britain to force it to stop addicting the entire nation to opium. China lost. One prize the British won was Hong Kong, and today, 250,000 people born in Hong Kong now live in British Columbia. So it's not just in Quebec where they say, Je me souviens. The question remains, however, who can knit together a new and functioning relationship between Canada and China? What about Dominic Barton, Canada's current ambassador to China? And what about asking Mark Carney, a Canadian whom even the Chinese respect, if this sounds a bit like when all the ships come back to shore, maybe it's time for our best and brightest to deal with one of our biggest challenges. And on that team, Don't forget the two victims of the Chinese kidnapping. Michael Kovrig and Michael Spavor aren't victims anymore, as their hostage stories will surely attest. Today's Ramsey Writes was read by Alex Brown. For more information on Bob Ramsey, his work, and all the other things he does besides writing, go to ramseyinc.com. That's R-A-M-S-A-Y-I-N-C dot com.